Oh, that's terrible. Good morning. How's everyone? Hey, see, that's a little bit better anyway. We've got to wake up here. Uh, so my name is Hans, and, and I've got the privilege of serving on the team for Upward Sports Canada. And boy, we loved that soccer clinic, didn't we? That was so much fun, and, and, and for the church here, organizing it and putting it on. And I know my, my coaching staff, and, and some of them are here this morning. We ha- just enjoyed being a part. And, and uh, most of you have really great kids. A few of you don't. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. No, we loved each and every one and being a part. And, you know, one of the things we love at Upward Sports is, is, is seeing children develop. You see, we, we believe in a philosophy at Upward Sports that, that every child is a winner. Now, we keep score. We do all of those things. I'm not against that. I, I played competitive sports my whole life, and I love it. But we believe every child is a winner if they've tried their best. You see, that's what we really believe because if a child tries their best, win or lose, we want to celebrate that that child tried hard. Now, there is always a winning team. There's always a losing team. But we want children to do their best. And so, I don't know, boys and girls, if you remember when we talked about this at the clinic, maybe you don't, but we said that the ball was created with a what? Does anybody remember that word? It starts with a P. Well, the ball was created with a what? Say it really loud. Purpose, right? A ball was created with a purpose, right? A ball was created for a purpose. And what was that purpose? Does anybody, anybody remember? What was the purpose the ball was created for? What was the purpose the ball was created for? Do you remember? For kicking and for playing soccer, right? It's pretty, it's pretty, yeah, it's a no-brainer, right? Duh, right? It was created so that we could play the game. And so we have something that we say at Upward Sports. We say play with purpose. We believe in that. We want children to play with purpose. We want the adults in our adult programs to play with purpose. We want everyone to play with purpose, meaning they put everything in. Well, this morning, just for a very short time, we're going to look at a story in the Holy Bible about purpose. We're going to look at just something very quick here this morning, but I want us to draw out something important for us in our lives to remember and to recognize that God created us for a purpose. If you're in this room this morning and you, you don't agree with that, will you just hold on? If you still don't agree at the end, come talk to me. But God created us for a purpose, and we're going to look at something really exciting. We're going to look at something really exciting. This is coming out of the book of Luke, if you're familiar in the Holy Bible, in the 19th chapter, and we're going to read the first 10 verses. And here's something that I like to do, and if this makes you uncomfortable, I'm so sorry, but I'm going to ask everybody if you'd stand together with me, because I believe when we read... The words that God has given us in the Holy Bible, that it's so special for us just to stand for a moment as we recognize what God is trying to tell us. So I'm going to read these 10 verses for us, starting in verse 1. He entered Jericho, and he was passing through. There was a man named Zacchaeus. He was the chief tax collector, and he was rich. Verse 3, and he was seeking to see who Jesus was But on account of the crowd, he could not because he was small in stature or in height. Verse 4, so he ran on ahead and he climbed up a sycamore tree to see Jesus, for he knew that he was about to pass that way. When When Jesus came to that place, Jesus looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry down, for I must go to your house today. Then in verse 5, or verse 6, so he hurried down and, and, Jesus, and received Jesus joyfully. Verse 7, and when they saw it, the, the people of the town, they all grumbled and they got angry. He's gone to be the guest to, of a man who is a sinner. 
Verse 8, and Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I've defrauded or if I've, if I've taken money or stolen from anyone of anything, I restore it back fourfold. And Jesus said, Today salvation has come to this house, since he's also a son of Abraham. And verse 10, For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Please have a seat. Thank you for doing that for me. So we're going to look at just a few things. So Jesus was passing by. He was, he was going through Jericho on his way to a, a place right outside of Jerusalem. He was passing through. I don't know how many of you pass through places, but if you're passing through, you don't plan to stop, right? If you're just passing through, my wife and I and our family, we have four children. We go to the States all the, uh, quite often. We go to, to, to speak at different things or go visit or we have some family there. And we pass through Buffalo. Has anybody been to Buffalo, New York? Anybody been to Buffalo, New York? Yeah. I don't know about you, and if you love Buffalo, I'm so excited for you. I really don't. Nothing against those great people. I like to pass through Buffalo as quick as I can, right? I just, it's just not my favorite place. Nothing against the people. I just like to pass through. And, and so when we're passing through, we don't intend to stay. But here's what it says. Jesus was passing through. But then we see this man, Zacchaeus. And see, the Bible tells us that Zacchaeus was rich. Zacchaeus was a tax collector. Now, I'm not going to ask if anybody in this room works for the, for the CRA. I'm not going to ask that question. Don't worry. But tax collectors usually are not liked people, right? Because they have a job to do, and their job is to take the money for the government. But here's the problem that we face. You see, tax collectors back in this time and age, tax collectors were a little bit on the, on the, on the wrong side. You see, tax collectors sometimes would kind of cheat people. So if you owed me $5, right? If you owed me 5 bucks, that's what you had to pay to the government. I might say, could you give me $10, and I would give five to the government for you, but then I would keep the other five. Does that sound good? Does that sound honest? No, it doesn't sound honest at all, right? But that's kind of what happened back in the day. So the chief tax collector sometimes would, would take extra money and put it in their pockets, right? And so Zacchaeus was this very rich man, Scripture tells us. But there's something interesting here. Zacchaeus had everything that you could have wanted in that time and age. He had all the money to buy anything that he wanted, to buy anything that he wanted. But Zacchaeus was still in search of something. See, Zacchaeus was still missing something that money couldn't buy. He could have bought boats, and of course they didn't have cars then, right? But he could have bought anything that he wanted. But he knew he was still missing something. And so when he found out that Jesus was coming, he had heard these stories of the great miracles that Jesus had done, all the great things that Jesus had done. And so he wanted to find Jesus, but the Bible says he was short. He was short. Nothing wrong with being short. My wife is short. But he was short. Don't tell her I said that. That just stays in this room. But he was short. And so the Bible said that he went and he knew Jesus was going to be passing through. And he climbed up a sycamore tree because he wanted to look down and be able to just see Jesus. You see, he knew there was something special about this man, Jesus. It wasn't just the stories that he had heard. He knew that there was something special that Jesus had a purpose that he did not have and so he ran and he wanted to see this Jesus he wasn't afraid you see he, he was risking everything in order to go he was the chief tax collector he was a big deal he was risking everything to be one of those people in the crowd that was looking down at Jesus because he was the most important person but he knew Jesus had a purpose. You see, I have a friend in, in the country of Thailand, 
And my, my friend was a monk, a monk who was, who was devout to studying the religion of Buddhism. My, my friend was, was on the street one day and he was, he was begging on the side, holding his cup so people could come and give him food or money so they could buy food. He was on the side of the street with all the other monks there in Thailand and the city of, of Bangkok. And a car was coming and it, and it lost its brakes and it slid and it hit his leg and broke it in multiple places. Well, there's, they took him immediately to the hospital. And when he got to the hospital, the, the doctors looked at him and said, there's nothing we can do for your leg. They said, it's broken beyond repair. We're going to schedule you for surgery tomorrow. And I'm so sorry, but we're going to have to cut your leg off. I know, that's exactly what he thought. He was sitting there and he was so afraid and he said, no, don't do that. But they said, there's nothing else we can do. So as he was laying there, he had his prayer beads and he was trying to pray. He was trying to, to, to seek the great Buddha for, for wisdom. But, but, but he was getting no answer. And, and all this, he, 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 he just, he cried out right before he fell asleep because they'd given him medicine to rest. And he cried out and he said, God, if you're real, if you're real, God, show yourself to me. And he fell asleep. While he was sleeping, he had a dream. In his dream, he was laying in his bed in his hospital room, and a man walked that was, was dressed in all white, walked into his room, came over to him, and touched his leg. He said, all of a sudden, I felt life back in my leg. And, and he said, I felt, I felt that my leg was alive again. And then the man turned and was about to walk out the door. He said, in my dream, I cried out, and he said, wait, 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 tell me who you are. He said, the, the man turned around and said, my name is Jesus. And then he walked out the door. Well, when my monk friend woke up, he said, I, I didn't know what that meant. He said, I, I, I've heard about Jesus before, but, but I don't know anything about him. And he said, was this just a dream? And then he realized something. In his dream, he felt that life came back to his leg. He said, you know, it's worth a try. He swung his legs over on the bed and he stood up and his leg was healed. He started walking around the room. The surgeon came in and he said, what are you doing? You can't walk on your leg. And he said, my leg is better. They immediately took him in. They got the scans. They came back and they said, your leg is perfectly healed. How did that happen? And he said, a man named Jesus came to me in a dream. Well, the doctor said, I've never heard of Jesus, but he sounds like a really great guy. And he said, well, we have no choice. We're going to send you back to the monastery because your leg is healed. So the monk went back to the monastery and, and he went and he asked everybody at the monastery, do you know about a man named Jesus? And everybody said no. They said, I've never heard of Jesus before. So about a week later, he was back on the street begging again. And another one of my friends was walking along talking and he was carrying his Bible, telling people that Jesus loved them. As soon as the monk heard that name, Jesus, he quickly ran over to my friend and he said, do you know Jesus? And he said, I do. He said, would you tell me more about him? The monk risked everything by asking people who Jesus was in a place where people didn't follow or trust or even believe in Jesus. And that monk became a follower of Jesus, became a Christian because of his faith and trusting that Jesus not only healed him, but Jesus created him for a purpose. You see, Zacchaeus in our story Zacchaeus wasn't too late for him. He understood that God created him for a purpose. He wanted to see Jesus. He wanted to do everything he could to find out what the purpose was that God created him for. You see, this to me is a sign of great hope. 
You see, for me, Jesus, in my own faith, Jesus gave a way for me to have forgiveness of sins. If you don't know what sin is this morning, sin is simple. Sin is anything we think, say, or do that makes God unhappy, right? That, that can be any number of things. That, that can be our, our, our jealousy towards something else. That, that can be any, any, just bad thoughts that we have against other people. Sin are things that we know are bad, that we know we do bad, and, and that there's a consequence for those sins. We see the Bible lays out for us very clearly that for our, our, our payment of our sin in Romans 6.23 is death. You see, for our sin, the bad things that we do, there's, there's no hope for that sin except for what Jesus did. Except for what Jesus did. My friend, the monk, knew that he did bad things. He didn't know how he could get forgiveness for those bad things until he met Jesus and realized that Jesus gave away. See, when Jesus came down to earth, he came as 100% man, but he came as 100% God to live a life. And then 33 years later, give his life for us on a thing called the cross. In our story of Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus needed to know. He wanted this redemption, this forgiveness of his sins. He wanted to be made whole. He wanted to find the purpose in which God created him. We can look everywhere in this world to fill that void in our lives, but it can't be found anywhere outside of Jesus. My friend, the monk, understood that. Zacchaeus understood that, which is why he wanted to find out. Here, God shows his amazing love for us, our, his creations, that he always goes after the lost one. You see, Jesus, remember, he was passing through. He was passing through. He wasn't planning to stop. He wasn't planning to stop. There was a reason. And you see, Zacchaeus was up in the sycamore tree. Jesus was walking along, and all of a sudden, Jesus stopped, looked straight up at Zacchaeus, and called him by name. Do you find that significant? Jesus never met him before. And he said, Zacchaeus, come down, for I'm going to your house today. Remember, he was passing through. When I go to Buffalo, I don't stop. Some of us, when we're passing through places, we don't stop. Much less do we know the person's name in the town and say, hey, come into your house. We're going to have a meal. Let's go. We don't do that, do we? Jesus had a plan and a purpose because, you see, it wasn't by random happenstance that Zacchaeus found Jesus. Jesus was looking for Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus on that tree, Jesus called to him and said, I want you to come. We're going to go to your house today. My takeaway from this is it doesn't matter how many places I hide, how many trees I have to climb, Jesus, I'm never far away, no, I'm never too far away from Jesus' love and view. Jesus is always close by looking, looking for me. But, but who do we consider to be the lost? We use this word lost, right? Here's my definition for lost and what the Bible tells us. Lost is somebody who just doesn't have a relationship with God. A lost person is someone that doesn't have a relationship with God. It doesn't mean that they're, 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 they're lost. It doesn't mean that we've forgotten them or, or they can't be found. It means they don't have a relationship with God because this thing called sin separates us from God. Separates us. Sin, sin, Jesus, God can't have sin. These sins that we do, these bad things, separate us from a, a God that loves us, which is why God sent Jesus to die on the cross to save us of our sins. So... That because of Jesus' blood that he, he shed for us, the life that he gave for us allows us to have 
the ability to, to become a family member of God. You see, when we, when we accept what Jesus did, and Jesus, Jesus the human died, right? But Jesus the God did not. He died, and, and three days later, he rose again in the tomb, if you're familiar with the story. And it proved to us something very important in that story, that Jesus was always, always God's son. Jesus was 100% God, and he didn't just die of this earthly death and, and was gone. There's not a grave or a tomb that we go and visit uh, today where the body is and the remains. Jesus is in heaven today. And we believe that and we know that with all of our hearts. And that's what Zacchaeus was, was searching for. Now in our story, Jesus was still alive and walking on earth. But Zacchaeus knew that he had a void that needed to be filled. He knew that there was something wrong and he needed forgiveness of these sins that were in his life. A sinner, someone who doesn't have a relationship with God. God created us so that we could have fellowship with him. That we could worship him. That we could fulfill the purpose in which he created us so because of what jesus did god has given us the choice to accept him or live without him does anybody know the story of the titanic you know the story of the titanic one of my favorite parts of the story of titanic is this by a man by the name of john harper if you know john harper's story it's an amazing one if not i'm going to tell it to you really quickly here john harper was was, was a pastor was a preacher in scotland and he took an appointment at a, with a church in, in the United States to come and be a part and, and to, to, to be their new pastor. Well, John Harper's wife had passed away recently before, and so it was just he and his daughter. That was it. The only family they still had left was he and his daughter. And you see, he bought, a, he bought these tickets on the Titanic in the lower uh, decks of the Titanic, not the, the topper ones, because so they could cross the waters so that they could get to, to the church that they were supposed to be serving at. Well, if you know the story of the Titanic, uh, about midway through the voyage, they hit an iceberg. The ship started to take on water. There were not enough lifeboats on board to save everyone. Here's what John Harper did. As soon as they started giving out the life vests and started lowering the boats, John Harper took his daughter to the closest boat found somebody, introduced himself, introduced his daughter and said, would you please take care of my daughter? Handed his daughter over and watched as the boat went all the way down to get in the water. He could have gotten in the boat. No one would have said anything different to him if he would have said, I'm the only parent that she has left. I'm the only family that she has. I need to be in the boat. Anybody would have let, her, let him get in. He sent her off in the boat. Then John Harper started doing something that is phenomenal. He started running around the deck of the ship over and over again, yelling for the women and the children and those who are lost, who don't have a relationship with the one true living God, to please get in the boats. Can you imagine that? Running around after just sending his daughter off. I have four children. I can't even imagine what that would be like to part with even one. But John Harper ran around and sang, if you're a, a woman or a child, or if you don't know Jesus, please get in the boat. Well, soon the boat uh, you know, took on too much water and started to sink and started to go under the water. As the boat went fully under, John Harper, he had already given his life vest away to someone else. He gathered as many things that floated 
And, and we would, he would swim to the nearest person and give them a piece of wood or, or whatever was floating. He'd give it to them. And he'd ask them a simple question. He said, do you know Jesus? And if they said no, he would sit there and tell them what Jesus has done for his life, what Jesus did for us on the cross, how he died and saved us of our sins and allowed us to be able to have a relationship with the one true God because of what Jesus did for us. He was swam around for, for as long as he could, telling people, swimming up to them, sharing, until finally he'd given away everything that floated, and he sunk down into the water, never to be heard of again. Out of all the people who were in the water that night, only six people were rescued out of the thousands that were floating in the icy cold water. Six. Six people were rescued from the water. Only six. At a media conference a year later, four years later, sorry, talking about the, 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 the experience, these six survivors were sitting there and somebody asked them what was the most meaningful part of what happened to you that night. This man stood up in front of a large crowd and he said, that night, a man named John Harper told me about Jesus. He said, that night, I asked Jesus to forgive me of my sins because of what he did on the cross. I became a follower of Jesus that night, a Christian. He said, because of the life example and purpose that John Harper showed to me that night in the icy water. See, God's created us for a purpose but in order to know that purpose, we have to know Jesus. With his last breath, John Harper was, was not trying to just save lives, but show people the life-transforming message of what Jesus does for us. You see, Zacchaeus in our story demonstrated what was most important in his life, Jesus. Because Zacchaeus did everything he could, even in the end, when Jesus came into his house, he said, I want to give all of the money that I've stolen back to the people. And I want to do it fourfold, meaning extra. Because he recognized his purpose was not in making lots of money. It was in following Jesus. My friend, the monk, demonstrated what was most important in his life. Jesus. Didn't matter what he grew up following. Didn't matter what other people said or what other people told him to do. He recognized in that moment Jesus was the most important thing because Jesus made him for a purpose. John Harper on the Titanic, he knew the most important thing in his life, the thing that he was created to do was to follow Jesus and tell other people about him. Just as I close, I don't know if anybody knows a guy named by the name of Kevin Durant, if you're familiar with him or not, yeah? Amazing, amazing man. Kevin Durant... He's an NBA player, if you're not familiar. He's won numerous awards and Olympic gold medals. I want to read to you what he says of his own personal testimony. This is what Kevin Durant says. I believe God's love for me, the sacrificial death of Jesus for my sins, and his grace, not my good works, are what saves me. That humbles me and makes me want to worship him. I also believe that heaven is reserved for me and that the best is yet to come. Here's his favorite verse, John 3, 16, if you're familiar. God so loved the world so much that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him may not be lost, but have eternal life. 
You see, Kevin Durant recognizes that not just because he calls himself a Christian, he recognizes that he had sin in his life. He was in need of a Savior, and he found it in Jesus, because Jesus is the only way of forgiveness of sins. And he, gets the, he lives this life, and he says that he believes it's not because of how many good things he does. It's not about the money that he gives away. It's not about the, the good promotion of things that he does. He believes that because of the sacrificial love that Jesus showed us on the cross, that's, that's what gives him the purpose. That's what gives him the passion. That's what gives him the ability to do the things that he does. Kevin Durant plays with purpose, knowing that Jesus died for his sins and provided a way. My question for us this morning is, what's most important for you? What do you recognize is, is, is a way that you live with purpose? If you're in this room and you know Jesus personally as your Lord and your Savior, and you're a part of God's kingdom, as Brother Viji was telling us earlier, then you are, you are part of God's family. And what a blessing that is. He said that this is not the church. We are the church if we are a, a sinner saved by God's grace. People ask me all the time when I go places, they said, Hans, are you a Christian? I don't use the word Christian. I use the word sinner saved by God's grace because you see, I am a sinner. I'm ashamed to admit it, but I've done bad things in my life. I have nothing that I can do in this life that would allow me a relationship with the one true almighty living God. But because of what Jesus did on the cross, because of his love for me, I can ask God to forgive me of those things. And he does it. And I can confidently stand before you and say, I know that I know that I know that I know Jesus saved me of my sins, and one day I'm going to be with God in heaven. I don't hope. It's not a, a chance thing for me. I know I'm going to be with him in heaven. I'm going to get to see my friend, the monk. I'm going to get to see John Harper. I'm going to get to, to, to see Zacchaeus. Not because we're perfect people. We're not. But because we've all recognized that the only way for our forgiveness is through what Jesus did for us on the cross. So we talked, we started in the beginning saying, play with purpose. I try every day of my life to live with purpose. Not because Hans is great, because he's not. I try to live with purpose because God created me for a purpose. And I want to continue to be a part of what God is doing. That started with me accepting Jesus many, many, many years ago. And it continues the day with me, not only sharing what Jesus has done for me, but being a part of the family of God, the big church with a big C. Dear God, I just thank you for your word this morning. God, I thank you that we could be challenged in what it means to live with purpose, play with purpose. Just as we talked about with the soccer ball was created for a purpose. It has a reason, an existence in order to play the game. God, you created each and every one of us in this room. You created us for a purpose. That purpose starts with us accepting and understanding what it is that you did for us. Zacchaeus in our story became a sinner saved by your grace because he knew that he needed something more in his life than what he had. And he found it in you, Jesus. 
So God, thank you for letting us read out of your holy Bible this morning. Thank you for letting us be hear just the words coming from, from John Harper and this monk of how you changed their lives. And dear God, we pray. We pray mightily and boldly that you would show yourself to us. If we're already a, a sinner saved by your grace, a Christian in this room, that we would be encouraged for the purpose that you created us. For any of this room that are not and have never come and, and, and understood who you are before. God, let them ask questions today on what is that purpose that you created them for. And God, reveal it to them. Jesus, thank you for allowing us to be here today. Thank you for all that you're doing. We love you in your name. Amen.